Hello, wacky teacherpreneurs. We are here for a, ch a coffee chat with the Tiger King. <laughs> so this is, uh, we like to do these coffee chats randomly throughout the month. And a coffee chat is just Jess and I kind of sharing some things that are going on personally in our lives. And usually those things are related to business because we're business obsessed like you all are because you're listening to this we're wacky we're business obsessed we're silly we're random enjoy welcome to the wacky teacherpreneurs podcast your hosts jess and amanda have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw. Unfiltered. Real. Let's get started. All right. So, Jess, do you have your coffee? I have some water. I wonder if my tiger wants some coffee. <laughs> Here you go. Your tiger is probably really thirsty. Yeah. Poor tiger being neglected by this weird guy. Um, okay. By the way, I have seen the entire... Um, tiger king series on netflix i started watching it with my husband and he only watched the first couple episodes and he was like no i'm not i'm not doing this anymore and so i had to go in the other room to finish <laughs> so i just like for a month just like went in the other room in the evenings to watch it by myself have you seen it oh yeah i watched it right when it first came out it was during the pandemic it was like the first month of the pandemic Everyone was at home and Tiger King came out and everyone freaked out about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was very eye-opening about this, you know, underground, like, animal, wild animal zoo culture. Yeah, subculture. Very wacky, don't you think? Um, so what's been going on in your life over there in Las Vegas, whimsical teacher? Well, I had my spring break, what, two weeks ago. Um, and I, I didn't get, I didn't really get that much done during it. And then I went back to school this last week, got my evaluation over with. Um, but I thought I'd share, of course, I like to share the books that I'm reading. So during my spring break, while I was spring cleaning around my house, I did read, um, Big Magic again by... It's Elizabeth Gilbert, right? Yes, I love that book. Really famous. So what I decided to do is I, I listened to it a couple times, probably like three or four times. And so I started a big magic notebook on my phone. So now when I get those random ideas, like while I'm brushing my teeth or I'm in the shower, then I can go and like put it in my big magic notebook because I just, I feel like those magical ideas are constantly flowing in and out it's true what she says in the book you know that you just get these ideas 
And then some people latch onto an idea and you make it happen, but then some ideas just float away onto the next person. And so I started making a big magic notebook. And I think that's kind of exciting because now these things that I usually forget about after a week or two, they're in, in my phone. At least I can revisit them. So I think when I'm having writer's block, or I don't know what to do next in my business, or maybe I'm thinking of launching a new product, I can go to my big magic notebook and do that. So I thought, thought you might like that. That's so cool. Wait, is it an, is it just a random notebook or did you buy it on Amazon? No, it's in my, it's in my phone. It's just in my notes. Oh, cool. I love that idea. And you don't have to buy anything to implement it. Wait, this reminded me of our coaching call episodes that we did the last two episodes. I feel like we should follow up about that. Do you even remember what you coached me on? No, I don't. <laughs> have you done anything with it? Um, I think... Yeah, I def you definitely impacted me in my thinking about my business. And uh, no, I haven't really taken action. But well, that's not true. I um, there's some customers of mine that have emailed me recently some questions. And I actually asked them if they wanted to get on a zoom call to talk more about just how I can improve their experience. Because um, they are they were members, but they've paid in full. So now they're lifetime customers um, and have access to all my things for life because they paid, you know, big bucks, $362. Uh, so anyways, so I, yeah, and they, they were so grateful, like to be able to get on a zoom call. And I, I do think that talking to your customers is really, really valuable. Uh, you know, hearing about what they need and things and, um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been thinking a lot about um, how I can serve my customers and, and like what you said, um, really focusing on engagement and like making things easy for busy teachers. Um, and then also equity and, and thinking about like how I could serve my customers and helping them implement um, kind of more equitable teaching practices. So there you go, Coach Jess. Well, thanks for the update. I, I do have a juicy question for you. And we did not, we did not talk about this before the episode. So you're going to love this one. Well, I was just talking with my buddies and we were looking at the top teachers pay teachers products and how some of them are like a lot of my buddies are concerned about the teachers pay teachers ratings. Like you, you can't have a five-star rating anymore. All the products are rated like 4.9 stars, 4.8 stars, 4.7. I think as teachers, we feel kind of this weird, you know, we, we want everything to be perfect. We want to get the A plus. Well, one of my buddies looked up the top teachers pay teachers product now is only a 4.7. And then we started looking at other people and we were talking about some of the people um, that are on the top sales list, right? Like these are the most sold products on Teachers by Teachers. And most of them have left the classroom, most of them. But some of them are still part-time teachers. So we talked about some of those people. They're not full-time, they're part-time. And we talked about why would they stay in the classroom? 
why? And I thought it's because they want more of a pulse on like what's going on, like what are teachers struggling with? What are they looking for? Is I think once you've left the classroom, it's so hard to relate anymore to what's happening like right now. And so I was just kind of wondering, like, have you had any of that? Like, do, do you think it helped like reaching out to your customers so much? Because you, you are out of the classroom this year. You're like on a leave of absence, right? Like, do you feel like you lost touch a little bit with like what's going on, like how to help teachers? Or do you think it's just like, besides, I think a lot of people listening to the show and I do know some of our listeners, hello. <laughs> I do know some of them personally, they actually are out of the classroom. So we have kind of a mix of people listening that are in the classroom and out of the classroom. And so I was just wondering is like my, my, my perception being in the classroom is I can't even imagine having the time to talk to anyone on a Zoom call. Like just finding time to talk to you on a Zoom call is sort of overwhelming sometimes, right? Because I'm so busy as a full-time teacher in a public school district working Monday through Friday. I am so busy. But like then again, I never really think about, oh, well, what do teachers need or like what do they want? Because I I'm living the life. I could make you a list of 500 problems right now that I go through every day. So I was just wondering, like, what's your perspective on that? Like, do you think the, I mean, because we have, we have a mix of people listening at home. So I was just wondering, what do, what do you think? Well, I have a question for you. How do you check the top selling product on Teachers Pay Teachers? I bet people, I'm curious how to do that. And how do you do that? Before um, I answer your question. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I don't know. It's something in the search bar. Like it was something that my friends were doing just to kind of see, but you would go up and you can browse catalog and you could browse catalog. Um, maybe like, I don't um, know if it's popular type grades. Um, I guess I don't know. That's a good question. I think there's just this thing where you can go to teachers, be teachers, and then you can sort things by the highest rated, to the lowest rated. Oh, yes. But it's all by sales. It's also like Teachers Pay Teachers uses a combo of your sales and your rating to put your product high in the search engine. So I guess they were just kind of assuming since this is the first product that comes up on a search, all the resources, that it has the most sales and the highest rating. And it was not a 5.0. I mean, it's like 4.7 and it has something like 37,000 reviews on wow. one product. And whereas the other products didn't really come close. So we're just looking at like reviews versus sales. We all know that, I mean, it's like a 10th of your reviews are like, are like equal to sales, right? Like you don't, you don't get a hundred percent reviews from everything you sell. Like very tiny little percentage of people will review your work. So we were, yeah, and I guess I could ask them specifically for next time how they did that. Um, but I know there's a way to search the whole catalog. That's a great question, though. I love that. Yeah, maybe next episode we could get back to that question. Um, well, and also the way that they rank Teachers Pay Teachers ranks products, it's also based on keywords, right? So it's not just reviews and Right. There has to be a way to sort it by most sales, though, or highest reviews or something to sort the whole catalog. And I guess I really haven't dove into the search features on Teachers Pay Teachers in a really long time since they got rid of the sale, 
the the sales rankings. You remember how they used to have a list of the TPT sellers and they were ranked and like you could find where you were in the list of a hundred thousand sellers. You could find out exactly where you were and then you could watch yourself move up the ranks each week. Yeah, um, since they got rid of that, they got rid of that because people were bullying the top sellers. Oh they my gosh. Calling them out and bullying them and making accusations towards them. And they just got rid of it. And people were comparing them their, themselves to other people and feeling bad about it. So they got rid of that. So since they got rid of that feature, I have not, my phone just went off for a TPT sale right now. That was actually like really perfect timing. I'll turn my volume down. Sorry about that. Uh, since they got rid of that, I haven't been experimenting with the search much because usually as a teacher, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Like I have no interest as a teacher knowing who sells the most or what's the hottest product. I just know what I want. I know what I need. But, you know, as a seller, it is kind of interesting. And it's interesting because sometimes we, we're so hard on ourselves. Like, why are we getting three-star ratings or two-star ratings or four-star ratings instead of a perfect five? And I think it's good to remind ourselves that other people are, they're going through the same thing. And, and even the top sellers go through that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, to answer your question about taking a year off and feeling out of touch, no. I don't feel out of touch because I've made like a concerted effort to, well, well, yeah, I mean, it is an effort to keep friendships strong. So for example, I'm really good friends with one of my colleagues from my school that was on my teaching team, my sixth grade core teaching team. And I see her and talk to her like once a week. So I, I do. And also I'm in a bunch of teaching Facebook groups. And I'm often in those groups, uh, you know, just because I'm curious about what teachers are talking about and um, and to get ideas for blog posts, honestly. So I like really like when a teacher has a big problem um, and it's just a really great way. Like I have a whole library of saved posts on Facebook. So I, there are ways to stay in like abreast of the teaching what what word am i looking for world <laughs> um and and so yeah i've done that but like uh i do taking a year off uh i mean the reason that i had to take a year off is because of my daughter and her needs um she has special needs. And so I've been homeschooling her and it's been really interesting. Like I, I don't, I'm glad that we did this and it was kind of an experiment to find out like, you know, how, how it would go and, and if it would help her and if it would help me feel less overwhelmed because, you know, teaching full-time and trying to grow a business is, really, really draining. Well, and also taking care of a household and a family, because we all know women, most women do a lot in their households. Um, and so it's, it's interesting because I thought that things would really slow down and like, there would be more, um, time to rest. And that hasn't happened. If anything, things have been more chaotic and stressful and, 
Yeah. So I, I don't think that we should just assume that just because someone's staying home and like taking a leave of absence or quitting teaching that things are so much easier for them. Um, it's not. I mean, it. I honestly like the pressure of trying to make money with my business is too much. I really it's become more of a um it's it's just become a chore more than anything like because there's certain things you have to do in in business like bookkeeping and you know talking to your customers and marketing and all of these things that I actually don't enjoy um you know like that I actually find really hard and challenging and I avoid and I procrastinate and I put off and um and so I have for next year started looking for a part-time job because I want my business to be not so dependent on money I want to help people and I want to write about what I'm passionate about not what I think is going to make me money does that make sense? So like, I feel very forced to make, to write blog posts that rank for like keywords, like, for example, here's a keyword that's you could really rank for very easily. If you're an English teacher, like, um, incomplete sentences, <laughs> just that, that phrase. And I don't want to make, write a blog post about incomplete sentences. You know, like there are other things that I think are more important. And I feel like we have chat GPT now. So like teachers, if you want like examples of incomplete sentences, go to chat GPT, <laughs> you know, like I just don't, they're just blog posts I don't want to write. And like, I know a lot of successful bloggers write about their products and I know that's important, but I don't want every single blog post to be about these like technical Englishy things. Um, I want to write about things that I really deeply care about and I really want to make an impact on education changing for the better um, in terms of social justice issues and equity. You know, like I really have a lot of ideas about how things can be better in schools. Um, and I want to speak to the teachers who are willing to listen, you know, and are really interested in this stuff. And it's not everyone, you know, um, like, for example, like, I really get very, very angry when I see teachers in Facebook groups calling kids lazy and saying, my kids just don't care anymore. They're so apathetic or this kid cheated and I gave them a zero and I called their parents and I'm just, I've had enough of this. Um, I just feel like these teachers are so blind <laughs> to the experiences of their students you know, like students are smart. See, I could do a whole episode about this and they see the problems in their school system, you know? And like, I don't, I don't think we need to be blaming kids. I think it's the system. And I think teachers blaming kids is a big problem. Yeah. So I'm going to write a blog post about that. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, you should. <laughs> what do you think of that Tiger King? You're asking the Tiger King now? There you go. <laughs> He's like a third host. Take a drink. <laughs> He's a third host. 
Love it. All right. The cup kind of blends into the tiger though. I think that's the problem. Does that answer your question? I want my business to be a hobby. I'm tired of it being a business. So how do you go about looking for part-time jobs anyway? Uh, EdJoin. Uh, okay. Heard of EdJoin? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've been on LinkedIn. So I have been looking for like remote jobs not, and not all teaching jobs. So some of them I've been like looking for uh, like technical writer, copywriter. I actually applied to be a copywriter uh, with Marie Forleo International. That was a week ago. This is very far-fetched. I doubt that I will even hear back from them, but who knows? You never know. I could get an email tomorrow. Would you like to have an interview? Maybe. Who knows? I'll let you know what happens, but I doubt anything's going to come of that. Who knows? Keep us in the loop. Yeah, I will. Yeah, no, I'll let you know what happens. And even my former job, like I took a leave of absence. So I'm still employed uh, as a teacher with my district. Um, And so, yeah, I'm looking into possibly working like part-time with them. So like 0.6. Okay. Last time you told me it was like a 0.8, but now it's a 0.6. Is this a different one? Yeah. 0.8 is too much because I, I, I have restrictions of like how, what hours I can work um because of my daughter and like having like picking her up and dropping her off and things and her school is very flexible like has a very flexible schedule um the school that we're trying to get her to go to um she's actually doing like a shadow week next week and we're really excited about this new school it's like a school that's I I believe all schools should be structured the way this school is it's it's a beautiful thing it's very um, prioritizes student interests and their passions and helping them find their gifts and their voices and things. And I really think that that should be the priority of schools, you know, not the core subjects. Um, I think that schools need, should prioritize helping students develop their competence and their voice and their opinions and their critical thinking you know like I just think that's what we should be prioritizing over and like and their ability to manage this technological world like I just think that's where schools need to go you know like it's obvious to me but maybe not to other people what do you think (laughs) I mean I think that my perspective is probably so much different than yours because of my situation right Like, because I'm in the, I mean, I mean, I, well, don't you think it should change? Don't you think that it should be, it would be better if it was different? I mean, I think it's like, it's great to say it should change, but where do the resources come from? Like the public school system is already strapped for cash. I mean, they're trying and it's like, anytime you try to change something by, you know, like, is it a change that you're going to have to purchase things for and you need money for, or is it not? Is it like a change of routines and systems and structures, or do you actually need some resources to make it happen? And then where does it take money from to make those well, things? You I know think what I mean? Districts spend way too much money on scripted curriculum that teacher that ends up in closets after yeah. like the first or second year, you know? I agree. Like I think schools 
I don't know why we're talking about this, but I just think schools, they try to like make things cookie cutter, you know, and teachers are not cookie cutter and, and neither are kids. <laughs> so like, instead of spending all these like thousands and thousands of dollars on canned curriculum from these big publishing companies, I think they should spend their money in other ways, you know, like like on on like STEM or like maker spaces or um, I mean, I have a lot of opinions about this stuff. Like I'm a big fan of Ken Robinson and creative schools and restructuring schools so that kids are able to like kind of move about freely and study the subjects they're interested in and passion projects and project based learning and art and, you know, all of these things that I think are in and, and history and these things that have fallen through the cracks because core subjects are so important. Um, I think kids can learn core subjects through their interests, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the real problem are the state statutes, you know, like every the state standards? has these laws. Yeah, they have laws. The, st the actual laws are that we need to do standardized testing. I mean, that's written into every state government has laws that accountability looks like testing. And I think that I mean, it just goes so deep. I mean, it's like the problem is just so widespread because it, it, we're talking about like who we're electing and the laws, like how do you get laws struck well, down? The, I mean, it's pretty that, hard to do that, you the know? The way that these tests are structured, it's inequitable. Yeah. There are kids, me, for example, standardized tests, I mean- I sucked at them as a kid. You know, I, I remember going into my junior, uh, I was in college prep English. My school didn't have like advanced placement or whatever. We just had college prep. And the the teacher who I really respected just set, said point blank, if you don't score a thousand or more on the SATs, you're not going to college. And I scored like nine something, 900 something. And I mean, I had test anxiety. I I was terrified. And I still, and I took the GRE, never even like got my master's because I did so terrible on the GRE. I'm telling all. And I, yeah, my working memory, like I just was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 40, you know, and it's really answered a lot of questions or a lot of, a lot of things that I struggled with as a kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder. You know, and people with ADHD have poor working memory. It's very hard for them to remember things, like to remember facts, to recall these these things. And that's what standardized tests, like test, you know, and, and a lot of the, the information on standardized tests, kids have no background knowledge in, especially kids that, you know, live in kind of impoverished situations. I mean, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> I like yeah. I feel so passionate about maybe me. we should maybe we should curb this episode down a little bit I know I know but like well, I, otherwise we're gonna have to start a different podcast about education policies oh no this podcast really is about making lots of money online well can I just plug my podcast so if anyone wants to hear more about this and you agree with me then you should go listen to my other podcast which is called empower students now so I'll link that because that's what that podcast is all about. And I have so much to say about this stuff. And I've done a lot of research about it. Um, 
and have really acquired a lot of information about educational equity um, and how things need to change. The question is like, how do I make change, you know, on the outside, like of the system, you know? Um, and like, really the only answer I've come up with is by writing and by podcasting. And maybe someday I'm going to put my words and my ideas out into the world. Um, I'm even, uh, I even came up with a book outline using chat GPT and I'm planning on, uh, submitting my proposal for this book, uh, to Corwin Corwin publishing company. They're the ones they've done a lot of like, uh, social justice equity. They've, they, they really prioritize, uh, those kind of topics and books like, uh, grading for equity by Joe Feldman was published by Corwin. Um, so I'm thinking about submitting like a book proposal, um, and if they don't take it, then I'm just going to self-publish on Amazon. So anyways, well. enough about me. What what else did you want to talk about? Did you want to tell us, like, y- you heard about how to do this thing with... with? <gasps> yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Okay, so I... Uh, there was a blog post. I'm on the WP Engine... I love that website. It has so much good stuff on it for bloggers and P- anyone who has, uh, no, d- sorry, wpbeginner.com. That's what it's called, um, That the website. But just if you have a WordPress website, it's just, there's so much good stuff on here. And they had a blog post about, it was like 10, um, 10 prompts business owners need to use with chat GPT like today. And they were so good. And one of them was uh, something like create a content calendar for the next 90 days for like writing two blog posts a week on the following keywords and create, you know, titles for the, and, and like chat GPT within a minute gave me a 90 day content calendar for all the keywords that I inputted. And it gave me like SEO titles for every single blog post for 90 days. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And then I also asked it to give me a book outline. So I asked it, you know, like, I want to write a book um, about this. And I I basically just said, you know, I'm an experienced teacher. I'm a mother to a neurodivergent child, and I want to write a book about how to change schools to promote social justice. I need an outline. And it was amazing, the outline that it created for me. I was just like, whoa, this is perfect. Um, So yeah, I'm going to start trying to write the book with ChatGPT's guidance you know of course it's going to be my writing but like just to have chat gpt kind of like produce kind of ideas like as a jumping off point because chat gpt is very robotic you would never want to like tell it to write a blog post for you and then copy and paste that into your blog because it's just kind of boring and formulaic and so you really want to like insert your own stories and your own personality and your own voice. And I feel like this is what we need to be teaching kids too. Anyways. 
So, well, yeah. I think our, our, I think a lot of people I've noticed a lot of people have a dream of writing their own books someday, especially teachers. Teachers love learning. They love reading books. And so, of course, the more you read, the more you want to write and the more ideas you might have for your own book. So I thought that was a really good tool to tell people about, because I think a lot of teachers or teacher entrepreneurs, teacherpreneurs may have dreams of writing their own book. And if you just needed to get started you know, with an outline, something that can keep you on track, something to organize, maybe some of these big ideas that you already know a lot about, that could be a useful tool for them. So I think that was really cool. Yeah, I'll link the blog post. Uh, and it has all the prompts in there, wpbeginner.com. It's, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Do you want to talk about anything else? Or what do you think? Sorry, I talked a lot. I think lot. we've already talked about a lot. <laughs> I think we've already talked about a lot this episode. I don't know how many minutes in we are, but we could probably wrap it up. I think that was a good coffee chat. Okay, toodles. Toodles. Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.